Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. First World Order Radio. Finally. Finally. We are on the air. No doubt. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. We get on into some of that order consciousness tonight. First World Order Radio every Wednesday, 8 p.m. We got to talk about what is taking place on the planet. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. First, we need to let you know we're going to be doing more shows giving out more information on Wednesdays. Wednesday at 8 o'clock, we are now going to make this is the hottest day of the week. Proceeding in levels in time, order, and importance, the most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns in existence, an indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates to bring about specifics in the group based on value and natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetics of sound through the air, same as your thoughts transmits it. Proceeding levels in time, order, importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates to bring about specifics in the group based on value and natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetics of sound through the air, same as your thoughts transmits it. You need to understand how magical this, uh, something like this every Wednesday can become. So you need to start uh, getting your calendar right, getting your schedule, your schedule right. You need to know how intention is straight out. All right, so, I mean, these clues are given throughout the various languages was to piece the puzzle of this ancient mystery school back together again. And what we plan on doing, both of us, is bringing y'all some surefire dynamite. We're going to take this level up a notch. We're going to have stuff to do here. This is not just going to be about philosophies and theories. Shit that works. You have to activate the pipe in which that produced this black chemical called melanin. We, what we did was gave a hard line in the sand between the different definitions of Esoteric study, exoteric study. Playtime is over. Thank you very much, but it's it's really not trivia, it's big. African thinking, African philosophy is a big thing. But Africans think and Africans do in a different way. I'm in the pimped out old school, changeable, chocolate hazel butter, smothered in navy bean interior, 65 something, no dreaming, side beams. 
Light streams from faulty faucets Drinking false hopes Wash our brain with soap Operatives lurk over shoulders at work Frill supervisors I feel super fly snooker Super flex Luca Refer- Thank you very much But it's, it's really not trivia It's fitting African thinking African philosophy Is a big thing but Africans think and Africans do in a different way. I'm in the pimped out old school, changeable, chocolate hazel butter, smothered in navy bean interior, 65 something, no dreaming, side beams, light streams, and faulty faucets, drinking false hopes. Wash our brain with soap Operatives lurk over shoulders at work Frail supervisors I feel super fly snooker Super flex Luca Referee shooter Positions elevated Ain't no guessing Ain't no reason what's the purpose Nothing's accidental We met a long time ago Age was cosmic Universal Before social changed its color of law A book that I saw Equilibrium stealth comedian You are trapped in this society. They live in a we society. And Europeans live in a me society. It's a different kind of concept. Thank you very much, but it's it's really not trivia. It's big. Yo, yo. Hello, hello, everyone. What's up? Peace. Give thanks. It is another Tips and Tricks Tuesday, and I'm your host, uh, Blackwater the Metal Magician. Had some uh, some difficulties getting in. I think they want me online. <laughs> All right, but give thanks nevertheless. Um, give thanks to those who came before, and most definitely those who come after. Yeah, like I said, it looked like I was. Uh, they were trying to infiltrate or something. Not just I say they, but you know, I'm, it's crazy. I lost. Well, I broke my phone Saturday. Well, no, it was Friday. Friday I went jogging, broke my phone. So I'm off. I'm off air. I don't have my lifeline, so to speak, what they call it, the lifeline. I don't know the lifeline, but, <laughs> right, but um, I don't have my umbilical cord to CERN right now, so <laughs> that's cool. I had to actually, I was trying to uh, call in direct through the, through my own computer, but and it has never worked. That's why I've been using my phone, you know, here the last few months, but uh Seeing that it's broken right now, I couldn't use it tonight. So I, I attempted to call in, and I've had a, what about almost an hour <laughs> trying to figure this out. So uh, I resolved I resolve to uh, go next door, and I'm using the landline from next door. It's you know a portable phone or whatever. I'm over here at my house still, but uh, hopefully this phone won't go dead before the end of this transmission. And um. Part itself, forgive me for the delay, but oh no, we here, and and again, give thanks, thanks to the first world order family. Uh, haven't haven't been uh, 
out and about that much. Somewhere I have actually I've been around here <clears throat> taking care of some business and whatnot, doing doing a few things, getting it getting everything back together. Got my back back right, you know, my back back right the last couple of days, you know. And nothing nothing too uh extreme, just uh, pretty much you know, just staying with it, stretching and exercising lightly. But uh I did say point so I had mentioned that uh, we're just going to do some tips and tricks and meditation, but I've been compromised about 45 minutes of time right here. I'm going to go ahead and um, just going to go ahead and divine on into it to the topic of discussion. I know last week's um, title was the the day before after it happens, and I was just that was like I said it was a conversation me and a friend of mine, this queen, was having, and she said. Uh, Say after it happens, but then I wrote it down like after what happens because she was we were talking about something else. But she was like after it happens, and I wrote up so uh, so the day after it happens is this week's discussion. The day before after it happens was just really it was just a, a statement. Now in light of like I said in light of what happened over the weekend Friday the thirteenth, I decided to. Uh, yeah, you know, just elevated a little bit more, continue with that title, but the day after it happened now. So the day after it happened, meaning the day after Friday the 13th happened. So it's, we're going to start out, because, I, I, like I said, you know, I'm I'm a Gemini, so I, I tend to talk a little bit. I guess I'm a Gemini. We're dealing with uh, the 12-month astrological horoscope or whatnot, but if we're dealing with the 13th moon, uh, astrological signs and stuff Then I will be a Taurus We'll get to that a little bit if time permits Well you know dealing with uh, When we add Scythius uh, or or, or Pisces I mean Ofu Cus or, or uh, Another pronunciation is Ofeucus 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 I prefer Ofeucus uh, uh, but uh, that's the 13th sign in between. Um, well, it's November 30th to uh, December 17th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, but anyway, so we're going to discuss a few things dealing with that. But first of all, let's see how it relates to mathematics. Within mathematics, mathematics can be looked upon like, well, numbers in general can be looked upon like... Um, like the archetypal symbol of creation when dealing with pattern and dealing with um, categorizing the physical arena. So uh, Pythagoras said nature is dramatizes. Basically, when something basically what that means is when something is created out of nothing, it geometrizes itself or has angles and sides that can be uh, calculated. By numbers, so um, out of the out of this is coming out of a book uh, called the Kabbalah for Modern for the Modern World by by Magin um, Gonzalez Whippler. In the book, she states that um, each Hebrew letter has a specific meaning and also represents a certain number. 
All right, and each of these numbers is simply, or each of these letters and numbers is simply an autogram, a symbol of cosmic force, similar to the Netiz uh, as being symbols of the cosmic force, not necessarily the force, but symbols of the force, so that we can have a conceptual agreement of what that pattern is in our own psychology. So we divine these names, or we we are created these names so that we have a, um, some type of representation through through verbalization, through being able to transcribe the title and saying that this this is what this is, this is what that is. The law of magical names, you know, since the law of magical names it states uh, to know the true name of a person, place, thing is to have complete control over it. So the magical name of something connects that subject and the object. I, we spoke on it before, but um, all right. So the interaction between these cosmic energies is taking place all the time in the universe, as well as in man. Carl Jung coined the word synchronicity, which means basically um, that all things work within a pattern that can be, hold on one minute. By the peanut gallery right there. All right. Um, what was I saying? Uh, oh, yeah, synchronicity. Uh, Dr. Carl Jung, this uh, psychologist back in the day, he supposedly coined that word, uh, synchronicity, and the whole, um, I guess you could say the whole concept and definitive behind it. What he, what he says is that uh, it's, it describes events connected by pattern rather than space and time. So the more we pay attention to certain things, the more that the pattern will become powerful. So, matter of fact, the first two laws of magic, or, or the first axiom, two axioms of magic, states the first one is the law of worldviews. The worldview is actually the interface of the nominal and the phenomenal worlds or the subjective unknowable reality and the subjective known reality. The true underlying reality is unknowable to us as long as we retain the worldview of separateness and self. So as long as we look at the worldview as it pertains to how it's given to us in an illusory state, meaning it's transitory, meaning it'll be something one day and then it's going to be something the next day. But as long as we look at it as that, as what it is given to us, then that's what it's going to continually become each day as we repeatedly, um, in, in repetition, and repetition is very powerful in brainwashing, you know what I'm saying? So the more person or the more times we involve ourselves with the same, uh, the same uh, perceivable reality and we interact with that, then what happens is we become accustomed to those um, different circumstances, all right, so that's the law of worldviews, 
rest of it. The more we and remember that the worldview is not actually what we're looking at. It's the interface of both the phenomenal and the nominal. The phenomenal being what we are seeing and the nominal of what is unknown. The subjective and knowable reality and the objective known reality. The subjective reality is subject to come. The objective reality is already here in physical form. The true underlying reality is the unknowable, and we can't, we won't know that reality if we look at it separately from what's really happening. If we look at what's going on in front of us, that if that's what it is, nothing else, and we don't see the underlying truth, then we're attached to the worldview. All right. So the law of attention is is uh, the second axiom of magic, or the second law of magic. Um, the more evidence one looks for to support a given law, conclusion, or worldview, the more one will find. We maintain our worldview by constantly having an internal dialogue of words and symbols that edit our perception. So symbols, words, a number is a symbol, and it can um, it can actually give an idea. It gives off an idea that actually emanates um, thought. So just as in pattern, the pattern has to become repetitive, and then that repetition it becomes it has it geometrizes or it becomes numbers. It becomes numbers, and that's how we recognize it to be what it is. After the idea has been set over a certain amount of time, it becomes that thought, and that thought builds up the energy required for it to become an abstraction, or it it becomes a physical entity. So sometimes we have to um, regulate our thoughts so what we're thinking will not necessarily become that present reality or the truth or what we would think to be truth and experience. So the reason being I want to speak on the numbers as far as uh, and ideograms is dealing with the actual date, not the date, but the numbers within the date of because uh, time and space really doesn't exist. It's not based on the day of the event. It's based on the psychology behind the event. Remember what magic can do. The magic is best described as a body or a system of techniques used to consciously alter the perception or identity, or the perception of identity. So when magic is being used on, a, you know, when we use it on ourselves, we are intentionally are altering our conscious in the way we perceive our identity. I mean, like a rapper or in entertainment in general. You know, you think of uh, somebody like a rapper, name might be, uh, what's L.L. Cool J's name? Something Smith, I forget. Uh, Todd Smith or something, I don't know, but when he when he on stage, he L Cool J. But when he go home, he Mr. Smith or whatever. So these are two different individual ways. They call them alters within um within what they what the MK Ultra or, or Monarch um, brainwashing thing, which they change like a Hannah Montana. They change their personality from the stardom type personality to the normal, uh, everyday, average joke. So 
uh, well, who was it, Beyonce? She she's uh, fierce or whatever, you know. So she at home, she Beyonce with hubby or what's going on with them. And then when she out in the public, she says she had to transform. She she uh she's get to, she gets possessed by Raymond. I don't know Raymond or something. I don't know. I'm just but she gets she says she gets possessed by uh by Sandra Fierce. I think that's her name, something like that. But so that's an altar. That's that's right there. Is that's magic. That's changing one's perception of identity intentionally. Now, well, you know, if you if you're doing it that way, but if our um, perception or our psychology is changed unintentionally, then that's magic as well. But it's also dealing with sorcery, because when someone is using something against you to manipulate and to overpower, not just you or us as an individual, it's in movement, but also as an individual in movement as mass, not just individual one person at a time. You know, they they are t- attempting to well for the past few years, hundreds of years, they have been attempting to completely wash our brain of our past knowledge, our past information. So, so we're looking at the numbers again. Um, what was it? Eleven thirteen twenty fifteen. So, like it was saying here, the numbers and the the um the letters, each letter and does each number is simply an autogram, a symbol of cosmic force, right? Also, when dealing with the Kabbalah, this because this is you gotta remember this if this is well Friday thirteenth whatever is um old. Uh, they they say it's uh it's, they say it's like Friday the thirteenth supposed to be a bad luck type deal, and we're gonna do the meta magic on thirteen the second. I've done we've done it before. I spoke on it a couple of times, but uh, so they they say it's supposed to be a bad luck number, you know uh you know, don't walk under the ladder, black cat, all that you know, salt over the shoulder, bad luck, you know, here in America, you know, what I'm saying you go to another country, you know, black cat, so get the black cat, that's good luck, you know, that's good fortune. You know, salt's not that bad in other places. Maybe sea salt, I don't know. Himalaya salt. That might be some good stuff. So when we're dealing with, like, the worldview or what we've been taught over time, sometimes it's not necessarily the truth or the nature of truth when dealing with what it has formed in its, in its uh, perpetual state of matter. So we're looking at it as an apple when it could be an orange, but... Through the description, that's what it is, is an apple, so we believe it to be that. That's only in, in the perception of our conceptual agreements and our own, um, what we would call collective agreements. All right, but so within the Kabbalah, like I was saying, remember the Kabbalah is an ancient mystery system that derived outside of, um, the, outside of the diaspora from, from Kush or Nub up into um, Israel at the time, or is, Israel um, Jerusalem area, you know. So, in the diaspora, they took the information, the high priests, whatnot, that left out, took the information with them. Just, uh, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you can look at the word Kabbalah, it's Kabbalah Allah. So, you have Kabbalah and Allah. Allah, source, Ka, spirit by soul, the source of the spirit and the soul. In Hebrew, Kabbalah basically means to uh, to receive, if I'm not mistaken. 
so it was received. So within the Kabbalah, though, there are three different aspects, or three different, uh, in the literal Kabbalah, meaning the word Kabbalah, the, as we read the books and whatnot within the Kabbalah, you know, the different books, it's not just a book that pertains to what Kabbalahism is, it's a different type of uh, um, scripts that you could pick up, you know, Torah, Tanakh, you know, the Zorah, Zohan, I mean, it's a few different ones out there. So, but the three different aspects of Kabbalah, the three different um, ways to find hidden meanings of the Hebrew letters. Um, one of one of geometra. In geometra, basically, what you do is um, you get the number. The numerical values are considered to be identical with each other. So, well, and you get the numbers and you add them up. So, if you got a word like uh, play, play. P-L-A-Y, you know, you're seven, three, one, and seven. Add it all up together, you get, like, nine. So play would uh, have similar, since play equals nine, you look for another word that equals nine, like uh, red. Red is is 18, that's nine, plus five is, uh, nine plus five is 14, that's five and, and D. So you got five plus four is D. So that's you got right there. You got nine again. So in the Kabbalah sense, red. Uh, what they would say about red and play is that they coincide. Since they have identical numerical values, then the spiritual value of it would be identical as well. All right. So that's geometric. Geometric. All right. So. In geometry, like I said again, they since play and red had the same numerical value, they are considered to be the same type of symbol, or the symbols of one another. They coincide. All right. So, um, the second aspect of um, Kabbalah is Kabbalism and finding the hidden meaning is notoriety. Um, notoriety basically you take the letter of the first word, you take the letters and you change the word, you change the Whatever the word is, from each letter, you can make another sentence. So, like, if I had the word play again, I would um, exchange the the P for another word, then exchange the L for another word, and the A and the Y. So it could be like uh, P could be perpetual, perpetually leaving a... Perpetually leaving autumn year. Okay, so that's played. Perpetually leaving autumn's year. I don't know. Yeah, but that that's uh, notoriety. How you can take uh, the word play and then change it into a completely different sentence. Um, and you can also do that with the initials or the la- and the last letters of the word. And tomorrow. It's the last aspect. The third aspect is um, what you do with that is you substitute um, the word. You substitute one letter for the letter that comes before it. I do that every once in a while. Notoriety and geometry are the ones we're going to deal with tonight a little bit real quick. And it's going to be, uh, you know, you know how I do, you know, Bruce Lee style. 
you know, absorb what's useful, disregard the rest, so I'm absorb what's useful. Alright, so got eleven, thirteen, twenty, fifteen. So just get we're just gonna use those numbers and we're gonna take get the um the letters behind it. Eleven is Kath or K. Um thirteen is Mem M. Uh, I'm going and I'm gonna go in chronological order. So fifteen will be the next in sequence. So that's uh that's S Samek and twenty is Resh R. So what we have is what we have right there is Kim Sir. Alright, so in the comedic sense, of course Kim means black or dark. And um Sir means um to make known. Alright, so to make known. That what are we making known, right? So, or to foretell means to foretell or to make known. All right, so that's uh, that's 11, 13, 15, 20. That's 2015 SR on the flip. So the R is, is 20 and the S is 15 of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, this is the Hebraic alphabet, and so because we're dealing with Kabbalism a little bit, so but in um. Uh, in Hebrew, I could not find a word that linked up with sir other than sarah, not Sarah, meaning princess, but sarah. I think it's um, S E R A H. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, it's coming out of the Hebrew dictionary. Hold on. Uh, yeah, it's sarah. S R A R A H, and it means rule, power, authority. So you got Kim Black and you got Sarah Power. So you got Black Power right there. That's Kim Sarah. 11-13-2015. So don't get it twisted. All right. Then we go from there. We're just going to look at it a di- couple of different ways. Recall, this is uh, Friday the 13th. And now... And we could go to Jason, you know, Lake Erie type shit. That's all good. But if we can recall what happened on October 13th of uh, of 2015, we had a brother uh, found overdosed in a um, Nevada brothel named Lamar Odom over there and, and stuff. He's found, uh, you know, say his brain did, uh, had a brain stroke or whatnot, and um, currently is recovering. So this happened on October 13th, exactly 31 days um, to the date of what of uh, what took place on um, November, Friday the 13th. All right, and we're gonna get back to to. Uh, to that 13 again, October 13th, in one moment. But when we're looking at at uh, Lamar Odom, yeah, we got to look at his name a little bit, his last name. His last name is Odom. Odom means 
Well, in English or Middle English, Odom basically means son-in-law. And, you know, he's the son-in-law to uh, Bruce Jenner and the Kardashians and whatnot. You know, he's the son-in-law. But um, phonetically speaking, how it, how it sounds, Odin is very similar to... Odum is very similar to Odin, forgive me. And Odin is the head deity or the head Asir. And Asir is very close to Osir, but the Asirs are the deities within the Norse mythology. Him being um, the most pronounced and the, or the leader, the father of the gods, so to speak. You know, so um, one of the things that Odin uh, did was, uh, well, the gods were, were um, you know, they were immortal pretty much in the Norse, uh, and like in all, most of gods are all immortal. So what they do, what, what they had, they, uh, in this particular um, pantheon, they ate apples to regain their vitality and stick with their mortality, basically. Um, but for some reason, um, Odin decided that he didn't he didn't want to eat the apples no more, <laughs> or that. So he was like, "Look, he, he hung himself from a tree for nine days, uh, the Ugrisel tree, just the, like the tree of the world, or not." And um, it, uh, I think the sap of the tree gave him the ability to become um, immortal. It's the sap, uh, da, 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 da. it was, he wounded himself. He, yeah, just like in the biblical sense of Jesus, Jesus um, was stabbed in the side. He was hanging from a tree um, and was shaken by the winds. And uh, what happened is, Just by hanging from the tree, he was able to become um, immortal. All right, but remember, that's a tree. And another, if we go into African Ghana language, the African Ghana language, the word Odom means oak tree. That's an oak tree, right? So, yeah, you what Odin, and another way of pronouncing Odom, baby names that sound like Odom and can't pronounce another way is Odin, O-D-E-N, or Odin, Italian. And then you have Odisan, Odyson, Odysian, Odysian. And if you, now let's look at this right here. You know, I'll be all over the place sometimes. What happened on um, a couple of days ago was uh, the 13th was, uh, you know, it was it was pretty gruesome. You know, it is, but like I said, I'm not going to put my emotions in. I'm going to put my, put my heart and my mind in and connect uh, everything else with that. 
So what if you look at this again like, like I was just saying though. Now, remember these some of these what I'm saying, Odison, Odin, uh Adon and Odin. I Oh, forgive me. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, so, part. So, when we go back to Paris, the first place that was hit was um, the stadium. Uh, was called uh, Stadium de France, Stade de France, or something like that, right? So, that's the first place to hit, but... The name of the roads that connect this area is St. Denis or St. Dionysus and St. Owen. Okay, so thinking about Dionysus, really I ain't going to think about that too much, but St. Denis, but you look at the word Odin, Odum, that can be pronounced Odin or O-D-E-N, not O-D-I-N as in Odin, the Norse deity, but also it relates to Odinus, or you know, what I'm saying that's uh, Odisan or Odasan. That's very similar to Dionysus, and also very similar to the word Ardan. So, if you look at the other street, that is, uh, I think it's maybe. It's a few minutes from, uh, I think it connects to um, the actual um, St. Dennis. You have St. Owen, the area. Well, it's a, these are areas right here within Paris. I think St. Owen is like four miles from the heart of Paris, and it's uh, like right around the corner from um, the, French, the French Stadium where they were playing golf at. But um, St. Owen and whatnot. Another way to pronounce that name is or Owen is um Adon, Odin, or Dado. Dadu. Odin was he was a a Frankish bishop and ended up being a saint. Um very wealthy noble. You know what I'm saying? So um You're looking at their names. It's A U D O I N is another way of uh, pr- pronouncing his name. Odoin, Odoin. At any rate, is very similar to Odin. Owen. Odin. A U D O I N. And that's the correct name, that's the correct pronunciation of Owen, or St. Owen, O-U-E-N, the road, which actually led to the next um, area that was, uh, that they, the so-called ISIS or whoever, you know, we can get um, um, participated in as far as uh, these um, these massacres is concerned. And 14 was... They went to the next road with Sacra Coeur. I only uh, put a little attention to the the St. Owen and the St. Dennis right there 
um, for all intents and purposes. <coughs> Bless. <coughs> I might need to turn the iron as I own. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a little something in the air. Pardon itself. I, um, so from there, you can look at the name Odom and see it has connections to Oum as well as Dennis. But uh, Odin, the Greek deity, Odin means uh, wealthy defender, wealthy defender in Anglo-Saxon. In the Norse, he's the, in Norse mythology, he's basically the god of the sky. Uh, but that's not what his, his name, in general, does not mean god of the, of the sky. Um, part itself. Uh, trying to think of what Odin means. You gotta forgive me. Uh. Odin, 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 Odin. Well, at any rate, let me think. Odin. Well, I, like I said, I ain't going to break my brain. It does, it's the uh, sky god or the god of the sky. Thought I had it wrote down somewhere, but it just uh, slipped. Way from here. Alright. Yeah, can't find it. But you see how those three coincide. And that happened on the 13th. Also, something that happened, also, something that we may have overlooked that happened on the 13th was Hillary Clinton. Um, she, well, it, it, was, it was an ongoing thing where she just started, uh, Utilizing her feminine powers, some uh, some women were kind of outraged at what she had stated. She had said that uh, vote for her because she's a woman, and some people, some of the women that heard that, some of them, uh, reacted in in a I guess uh, a way that is like, you think we're going to vote for you just because you're a woman? You got to do something, you know? You can't utilize, you can't use your uh, femininity as a as fuel to, you know, for exchange and for a boat or whatnot. But some some of the ladies got a little touched on that, but that was around the time and she had also had an interview on CNN, I think, on the 13th, on that night, and she had mentioned that once again within that conversation or that interview. All right, so if we look, look at what happened to Odom, Let's try to do this real fast. Odom was found in uh, the brothel. You know, they said that he was doing Viagra herbs and cocaine and all type of other drugs, drinking liquor and stuff and all that. But he had mentioned to one of the um, the ladies working that, well, the, the women of the hour, you know, to um, leave. They, he, I don't know if it was one lady, two women or whatnot, but... He was like, uh, you know, leave out the room. I want to be by myself. Now, if I'm paying ten thousand dollars an hour, seventy five hundred thousand dollars, whatever, for a whole night up in this brothel, I don't think I want to be left alone for too long. I mean, I know they said he was going through things with uh, situations in life. His friends had passed. Two of his good friends just passed on overdoses. That's what they say. 
and you know, so he's up here in uh in his brothel, and he tells the women, the women and whatnot, to to go out. He wants to be alone, and when they finally do resurface, he's in there knocked out on the floor, unconscious. Sounds a little iffy to me, but you know, all in all, that's what they say. So um, he ended up in a in the hospital, and they uh, finally said he's brain dead. Well, not brain dead completely, but he has uh, some malfunctions, you know, as far as um, as far as his brain is concerned. So I was, I remember something back when I first started, I started studying research stuff. It was something called soulscaping, where they had the power to take a person's soul out of their body. And put it in another body, you know. If you ever watched the movie X Men uh, Future's Past, or I think it's called Future's Past, old girl, uh, I forget her name. I forgot her name, but she was she was the one that could. Uh, she was the one that had Wolverine and Bishop, and was holding it like she put the, her fingers on the temples. Or the, or, the, or the head of the school, and she could uh, manipulate their consciousness into the past, present, or future. Or maybe it was just the past, but she could move their conscious or their soul and put it back into their younger self or future self. And then had the information come back, as you know what I'm saying? So that's in that movie, you know what I'm saying? That's in X-Men. But like I said, I was doing some research years ago, and it said, I remember seeing something that's called soulscaping where they. The so-called had the ability we had the ability to take souls out of people. That's what they say, and put it in somebody else's body. So, hypothetically speaking, what if uh, like Hillary Clinton's up there saying all this what she's saying, but that ain't really Hillary Clinton that day or something. Like they took her personality, her conscience out, and put somebody else in to say, you, know, you can say this, or you know, for instance, with. Um, uh, Lamar Odom. Now, just, like I said, this is a hypothetical. I'm just speculating. What if, you know, the son-in-law, Bruce Jenner, you know, Odin means son-in-law. What if um, Bruce Jenner, all this, I'm just bullshitting around. But look, what if now <laughs> Bruce Jenner did all this sexual change and all this other stuff and whatever he's going through, you know what I'm saying? And um, then we got the brother Lamar Odom over here. He passed out on the floor. What if Bruce Jenner didn't really want to be a woman? I don't know. He really wanted to be a black man. What if he really wanted to be an African American or whatnot, the so-called African American, six foot eight, elongated, you know what I'm saying, Mandingo style? And he he was like, I want all the women and all this stuff on that side. So they do all this whatever, and I don't know. I'm just, I'm, but then. They they train because in the hospital they said that Lamar didn't recognize anybody he didn't know nobody, but when he seen his wife Chloe I think and Kim he was holding hands and they was having a good time remembering stuff but he ain't know nobody else he ain't recognize friends you know other family members but he knew uh, those two maybe it's just good good sex or something I don't know you know but uh, he he could recognize uh, Chloe and, and Kim but he didn't recognize anybody else. Another striking um, piece of information is that, you know, some some people were saying he was on the dial spiral and all this other stuff, but other friends and people in his community were saying for the past few weeks before the incident occurred, he was actually on a, 
a better health regimen, going to the gym like every day, getting yourself together. They were seeing them out, jogging, you know, doing things like that. Um, and it said it didn't seem like the type of what happened. It didn't seem like the type of thing that he was um, moving towards at that moment. But like I said, that's my speculation. I know that, you know, yes, it is what it is. But anything can happen. You know, it's just about perception, basically, and um, how we're looking at it. Now, like I said, that's just all hypothetical speaking. It's no truth, and I ain't did no research on it. It's just me looking at it from a different angle. All right, but Kim Sir in comedic means, um, Sir again means um, to make known, right, or to foretell. And Kim means black or, or dark. Also, it can uh, imply um, mystery, so it's to foretell the mystery. Kim said means to make known the mystery. I, okay, now, <clears throat> also, within that whole um, ordeal, now, going back to uh, Yixaril in the oak tree a little second, is uh, more more is, is the oak tree or is a group of trees possibly that um Abraham had located when he was uh told to find a place to make an altar for Isaac I mean make an altar in general and um and that place was called Moriah, but the actual tree is called Moray. Moray means teaching or teacher. And like I said, it's the oak tree where um, Abraham came and where he built the altar to God. It wasn't for Isaac, it was just it's for God, though, in general. With that same area, Mount Moriah, is where Isaac was, um, I mean, where Abraham was going to uh, to use Isaac as a, as a um, sacrifice, as a sacrificial tool. Uh, okay, but that didn't take place. But Moray means oak tree. And uh Odim Odom in in African Ghana language means oak tree. And we were speaking on Isaac and uh Abraham and everything over in uh what was it, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow where they do Isaac Newton and all that good stuff. Um where we was where we was going over the similarities of uh, different things dealing with that, you know, saying CERN and all that, and and uh, Shemata, the Shemata, which we are. This is what's going on. Remember, the Shemata is the 
okay, we got the Sabbath, which is on is seven days, you know, the so-called Sabbat or whatever, the six-day Saturday, whatnot. But if we're dealing with the seventh day, the uh, Sabbath falling on the seventh day, there's a, a seven-year Sabbath. And that seven-year Sabbath is called the Shemitah. So the Shemitah, the seven-year uh, Sabbath, uh, was uh, actually September 13th is when that started or took place. Yom Kippur was September 23rd. Yom Kippur is the atonement day in in, uh, in uh, Judaism. But now the Jubilee started on the 28th. The Jubilee is the seven super, was well, the seven um, year Sabbaths times seven, so that's 49 years. So that's the super Sabbath. So you have the Sabbath, basically seven days, and then you have the seven-year Sabbath, and then you have the super Sabbath, which is the seven-year Sabbath times seven. And all that's in relation to ancient Kemetic or ancient uh, or Nuwabian or new ancient Kashetic type of um, correspondences with astrological signs and different elements on the planet Earth, within our psychology, within as well as within what's going on in planetary, with all things, all is all. So Odom and Moore have ties. The word more meaning oak tree, or and Odom meaning oak tree as well. And we're going to see how this relates to some other information in a few minutes. All right, so we're going from Odom and to uh, what else took place. Well, let's just go well, with Hillary Clinton. That's one thing. But also, we're dealing with X-low frequencies or different, different type of, vib- um, or not vibrations, well, Different type of harmonics and uh, frequencies. You know, we spoke on um, the harmonics when dealing with harp, the harp system. Also, when dealing with uh, CERN and how these, in turn, with some of the elements that we are introduced to in our food, as well as uh, the, the chemtrails, and then the interaction with certain technologies like the cell phone. Matter of fact, I told one of my friends, I said, I'm going to let you know how I feel seven days without having a cell phone. After seven days, I'm going to let you know what I feel like. Because, I mean, you know, for the past two, about four or five weeks, it's some some junk has really been popping off. And now I see why. I, I have an understanding of what's going on with myself and with others. Now, see, uh, okay, maybe about four weeks ago, uh, right after... Right after the yeah the um the storm the where the hurricane joined, so uh first I get home now I ain't gonna go through the whole thing because it take about thirty minutes so I ain't get, but anyway I have a good good friend good brother that got locked up uh, that day this day one one it was like last month in October he got locked up 
he was in there for maybe a week or so, or maybe a week and a half. But when he got out, he went in um, and get things. Good brother. He went in. He was uh, normal. I mean, he's the same dude. Good dude now. Still normal. It's just that uh, on the, I mean, okay, he went in. He was, uh, I ain't going to say, uh, uh, I can't say it, like, not a religious uh not against religion. He didn't like like atheists or nothing like that. But he he seems like he was uh, gravitate towards uh, an overstanding of self and a higher um, perception of the reality around him instead of just looking at it as so mundane. But that's what I was saying. I was seeing that. But when he went in there and then he came back out, he had completely converted. Now there's nothing wrong with it. He had completely converted to Islam. Well. I can't say Islam or into what we got or Orthodox Muslim or NOI or whatnot. Uh, and the 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 reason I'm saying that if I feel that something in his psychology was altered while he was locked up is he would he die hard with it. I mean, it's hard for me personally. It takes me a minute to get um, comfortable or. A, I have, to, I have to really study and, and participate with something to have an understanding with, of what it is, to know what it is. I got to deal with it for a longer period of time. But he, it seems that he got out and he went in on Muslimism. He, I mean, you know, he got the Kufi on every day, got the Quran now, you know, reciting it. But he, but we haven't experienced it, but for two weeks, and now Muhammad, I, that's that. Something to me in the psychology had been altered. Cause I, I, you know, but that's dealing with what has been introduced to him genetically, and the DNA not raveling or, or not um, infusing his truth in the experience properly, due to those different mechanisms that's in the cellular structure down, down deep, down, down, down deep low that were not allowed. It's called osir or the inner intelligence to rise up properly and it just stays stuck and coagulates within the lower self. You know what I'm saying? So we got to bring that lower self up and put them horns on top. Grab them, horn, grab them by the horns and the buck stop here. So that that's the aspect of locally how I've seen these things uh, in my personal environment. It, I mean, just, uh, it, was, it was day before yesterday a friend's I mean, you know, it's all types of stuff going on all over the planet. So, universe in general. But a friend of of mine's baby mother sat another over someone's home and um, ended up uh, becoming a, a, a bullet shield, a bulletproof, a bulletproof vest for another individual, and actually lost her life. And now she has five children that is motherless because um, the ignorance has taken place on, in, in our homes, you know, in our in our life in general, individually and collectively. So the, bro- the brother that was in there that was getting shot at actually grabbed her and put her in front of him, someone like Nino Brown in New York, New York, uh, what's it called, uh, Jack City, and um, used her as a shield. And um, she got shot three times fatally, one in the in the um, in the brain, and uh, get thanks God bless you know 
but uh, these little type of incidents are occurring uh, rapidly all over the place, and, and we're getting to the point that where we are in right now is going to get even crazier. So we got to calm down a little bit, keep in, keep instilling your truth and your experience, and if possible and when possible, um, you know, shed light. And, and give a little, put a little water on those seeds out there as well, so they have a better representation or representation of what they think is truth and see what's really going on. All right, so, uh, so that that's how I was looking at you know, ex low frequencies within um, the Hillary Clinton thing, swiped her brain a little bit. Go in there and just talk about women for a day, you know what I'm saying? So, but. I don't know if that changed anything as far as her, her standings is, is uh, in um, the, the 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 race for the 2016 presidential campaign. If I'm not mistaken, All right? All right. So let's get back to this number 13. I didn't even know it happened until the 15th. I went to I had class Saturday. Uh, in class, ain't nobody said nothing. But I was wondering why everybody seemed so gloom, you know, a little bit, a little something, something up underneath. So I'm like, you know, uh, they weren't really talking about much. But, you know, I really didn't I didn't pay much. I didn't put a lot of attention to that as well, so I kept it moving. And then, matter of fact, it was the next day. It was Saturday, no, Sunday. Um, one of my peoples came through. He was training, and he's like, uh, you hear about what happened over there and uh Friday over there, Friday 13th over there in Paris. I'm like, nah, you know. But, yeah, then I was like, ooh, let me, what, what happened? Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. Friday the 13th. Hmm. Let's get into that then. So what happened on Friday the 13th that is dealing with uh, any type of ritualist or rituals within the mystery system or that date in general? We all know that what is called the Knights Templars, um, officially the Knights, uh, well, that's the, I guess you could say what we call them now, it's the Knight Templars, and um, in Christonum time, or in uh, the Middle Ages, they were called uh, the Poor Fellow Soldiers of Christ and of uh, the Temple of Solomon. And that's why where they get the name Nice Templar or the Order of the Temple. The reason that they're called the Knights Templar or the Temple of Solomon, the Poor Fellow Soldiers of Christ and the Temple of Solomon, for one, they were poor. When they first started, they didn't have much money. I think one of the first symbols for the Knights Templars or the Templars was uh, two men riding on a horseback together because it was it symbolized that they couldn't afford two horses, so they had to ride on one horse. But that also that symbol also helped increase their wealth because eventually they became one of the wealthiest um, factions of that period. Especially when dealing with military might, the Knights Templars um, were more economically um, ready than the actual papal state and the, uh, or the, the Catholic Church, as well as the uh, 
the king or the empire. So the the poor fellow soldiers of Christ in the temple of Solomon, right? Solomon. What does um, the Knights Templar and Solomon? Well, Solomon basically and the Knights Templar have in common. The reason they to call it the uh, Temple of Solomon because it was uh, located in the area of Jerusalem where they say the ruins of um, uh, the Temple of Solomon is or was, so to speak. The so-called Temple of Solomon was located. So this area was on Mount Moriah. Remember, Mount Moriah, or Moriah means, Moray means teacher, teacher. Moriah means the vision of Jehovah, or God, or He. And also, um, Yahweh reveals, or God reveals, or He reveals, and, um, or or He provides. Because that's He provided, so to speak, uh, is where... Abraham, you know, was about to do that to Isaac, and, and the ram was right there in the tree in place of uh, sacrificing his son. Sacrifice the lower self, not the higher self. Um, so that was a nice Templar. The, the whole existence of the nice Templar and... Uh, what they were going through at that time period in the eleven hundred well in the middle ages, they were basically a group of uh mercenaries basically, but they were employed by the Roman Catholic Church and they became warrior knights, similar to the warrior monks of uh ancient folklore in China is like the uh the Shaolin. So they were warrior knights that protected the um, patrons or the, uh, the pilgrimages, the pilgrims that were going back and forth to the Holy Lands, you know. So after a while, they, it, they, it got old because of the monies that they were um, acquiring um, kept advancing. They kept getting more and more and more. And eventually, one of the kings became in debt. King Philip the Fourth, if not mistaken, of France, became in, in debt to him. And he was like, uh, he told the Pope Clement uh, to like, we need to get these guys. Look, they they doing too much. Um, he really he he you know he was saying they made up a whole story about how they were uh, uh, sacrilegious, misusing the, um, the information of the church, uh, saying John the Baptist was the true Christ, spitting on the cross, hanging it upside down having immoral sexual acts. I believe it was like they were saying they was homosexuals and stuff like that. You know, this is all uh, this is all um, speculations that led to arrests, that led to tortures, that led to coerced confessions. And all of these arrests took place on um, 1307, uh, Friday the thirteenth, right? So that's roughly seven hundred eight years ago that uh, the individual Jacques de Mole, or you changed the L to an R, Jacques de More, 
was arrested along with hundreds of his uh, or hundreds of the members of the Knights Templar. And how many people were massacred? Hundreds, you know, were massacred. And then you had your your boy over here, Odin, laid out on the floor, and he's gone brain dead, or you know, he's having he having some technical difficulties up top, you know. So you, you got a month later, thirty one days later, this takes place. But guess what? It was. October, uh, Friday, October 13th of 1307. Yeah, October 13th, the same date that Odin was found on October 13th. It's the same date that this took place, so-called, when they issued the arrest for Jacques de Molay and the um, certain members of the Order of, uh, or the Knights nice Templars. Same date, October 13th, Friday the 13th. Well, it was October 13th, Tuesday the 13th with Odin. And it was October 13th on a Friday with um, the Knights Templars 700 years ago. All right, so see how that connects with Odin somewhat. And... The 13th But how does The 13th Relate to Now I just got stuff all over the place So forgive me How does 13 Coincide with um, This month And basically with In general Us So Let's do the meta magic on thirteen real quick. And, and um you gotta recall this is all uh you know, it's this doesn't have to be etched in stone. I'm just going through a few things the way I see it. Not really I see it, the way that I see it. And um it's bridging it together a little bit. No complications, though. <clears throat> oh, yeah. What's up? Uh... All right, so we got... We got this uh, thirteen still going on within within uh, mathematics, All right? So, what is the meta magic on thirteen? So, first of all, we go into um, the tarot deck, seventy-eight seventy-eight card tarot deck. Thirteen card is the card of death. And it's symbolized with the skeleton. We know that the skeleton represents also the ancestors of the Ankh star, basically the pattern of our DNA. And you 
dealing with DNA, we're dealing with X and Y chromosomes. X and Y chromosome, you got X, the 24th letter of the alphabet, and then you have Y, the 25th letter of the, um, of the alphabet, the English alphabet. And 24 equals 6, 25 equals 7, 6 plus 7 equals 13. X and Y. And X and Y, 13 equals 4, but also 13 is the um, M. M is the 13th letter of the alphabet. M meaning, again, uh, chaos, might, blood, and water. Creation. So 7 and 6, or X and Y, X mama, Y. Daddy equals thirteen. Twenty four and twenty five equals thirteen. And that goes back to mother or goes back to water, chaos, blood, and might. Memo. Alright, so that's the, that's dealing with that that we're talking about the thirteenth card of the uh, seventy eight card, tarot deck. Also, uh, within that card, that, uh, coming out is the Book of Thought, page 9900, um, states the card is attributed to the letter Nun, which means a fish, the symbol of life beneath the waters, life traveling through the waters. It refers to the zodiacal sign of Scorpio, which is ruled by Mars, the planet of fiery energy in its lowest form which is therefore necessary to provide the impulse. It is formally divided into three parts. The lowest is symbolized by the scorpion, which was supposed by early observers of nature to commit suicide when finding itself ringed with fire or otherwise in a desperate situation. This represents purification in its lowest form. The middle interpretation of the sign is given by the serpent, who is moreover the main theme of the sign. The serpent is sacred, lord of life and death, and its method of progression suggests the rhythmical undulation of those twin phases of life, which we call, respectively, life and death. The highest aspect of the card is the eagle, which, which represents exaltation above solid matter. It was understood by the early chemists that in certain experiments, the purest, in other words, the most tenuous elements present, present were given off as gas or vapor. There are thus, represented in this card, the three essential types of purification. All right. The element of nature of things in which be destroyed, which is not destroyed by the ordinary changes. The elemental nature of things, which is not destroyed by the ordinary changes, which occur in the operations of nature. Um, Saturn, this appears strange to Saturn. Because uh, that's the, it's Saturn symbols as the skeleton, um, but uh, Saturn represents the central structure of existing things. And also, oh no, that's it right there uh, coming out. That's like I said, that's uh, the book of the. By Lester Crowley, page ninety nine hundred. But as you can see, the um, 
the 13th card of death has three aspects, that being scorpion, a scorpion, a snake, and an eagle. In those three aspects, being that that's the zodiacal sign of death, Scorpio, those three aspects relate to different um, different angles within what we would call the 13th moon or the 13th sign in, uh, in um, the horoscope being Ocephius. Or well, Ophesius, I mean, how you pronounce it, Ophiuchus uh, or Ophucus. Like I said, Ophucus is easier for me. Ophucus or Ophiuchus, who was represented by a man with a snake cord around his waist. Um, the is a constellation called Serpents, but Ophiuchus or O. Um, Alphiucus or Ophucus, Ophucus is also uh, related to Alistus, son of Apollo, who was uh, birthed. Basically, um, what happened is the female, he impregnated a, a female Apollo. Impregnated a female, one of the goddesses. I can't really think of her name at the moment, but uh, impregnated her. Didn't want. Matter of fact, he didn't impregnate her. She got impregnated by uh, someone else other than Apollo. And what happened is he got upset, and instead of uh, and he, he slung a, a arrow or something. At uh, at the goddess, I can't recall who that was though at the moment, but he uh, didn't want to inflict harm on on the on his son, so he took the son his son out of the womb before she fell to her death and kept him alive. He um, was given to the centaur. Sharon. Uh, Sharon is a constellation that is very close to the constellation of uh, Serpentaneous or what's the yeah, um, or um, Ophucus. Well, Asclepius is the son of Apollo. And uh, Coronas. Asclepius was matter. Yeah, that's uh, the story of Asclepius and um, Asclepius and Ocepi is a very similar. Within the story of uh, Asclepius, what happened is. There were two snakes. Someone, uh, one of his friends, had got injured, and there were two snakes. Um, on the ground, he noticed that uh, one of them was fatally was fatally wounded, and he saw that the other snake brought 
herbs to it, healing herbs to the snake, and it brought it back to life. And um, so when he, when Atalithus saw this, he decided to take the herbs and heal humanity with the herbs. Hence, uh, the healer of, of men. And uh, Atalithus relates to Osepius or um, Ophucus, I mean. Ophucus. Uh, I can't remember a hard time pronouncing that. Oh, I like Ophucus. Ophucus is just a little easy. Uh, just uh, the way it rolls off the tongue, I guess. Try to locate something real quick. Real quick. Like, hold on one second. Try to throw me off a little bit. Had everything together. I had to come back in here and, uh, and restock. <laughs> restock a little bit. Put put all my notes back together and uh, still putting it together as we speak. Um, but all in all, this Oh well, you know, this is also the only sign or out of the. 12, other 12 signs, this is the only, being the 13th, this is the only sign that really relates to an actual person or a human being, being that is um, Amotep. Amotep was, uh, of course, we know Amotep to be the um, one of the most learned individuals, wisest um, doctors, philosophers, artists, Poet, you name it, Amotep pretty much did it. Architect, he um, went around. You know, he was a very intelligent, well-rounded um, individual to do itself. But this is uh, Ophicus or Ophucus. This astrological sign is the only sign that is actually depicted by. Uh, a real person that actually walked on the planet. Right. Hold on. I'm saying hold on a lot, but forgive me. <laughs> we get it. We get it. Then. All right. So. I want to go back to uh, just backtrack a little bit and go back to uh, Joaquin and and Boaz and how this relates also to Solomon and and David and how Solomon relates to the Knight Templar. And the nice Templar relates to the so-called Isis. All right, so we start with Yaquim. Yaquim again means uh, or Wakim. Wakim means he established 
why God establishes why or you know, um why short for why Yahweh. So Yaquin or Yaquin mean God established or God is lifted or he has lifted. Boaz means strength. Okay, so Yaquin stood on the right and Boaz is on the left as far as the pillars are concerned. It's uh chapter one uh well first Kings chapter seven verse uh, twenty two or verse twenty one and twenty two states um and he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple and he set up the right pillar and called the name thereof Jackin and he set up the left pillar and called the name thereof Boaz. And upon the top of the pillars was lily work, so was the work of the pillars finished. So the, the right pillar was called Jaquin, and the left pillar is called Boaz. Boaz means strength, Jaquin means lifted, or he, he established. So how does um, Jaquin, Boaz, Solomon, and David relate? If we're looking at the word Joaquin, pardon me, Joaquin, it has uh, king as its, as its suffix. King means established, and it comes from the root kind or chin. There were um, two cities or two towns or districts that David went to battle in and um, acquired a great amount of bronze. And in acquiring that bronze, he uh, he used the bronze to make different uh, ornaments for the temple, for for the, um, the temple that they was building for God or whatnot, Yahweh. But in the, it was two cities that they went to. One of the cities' name is Kun. Kun means established. So Yaqin means um, Yah established or He established, and that is in relation to Solomon whose middle name, or his other name was Jedediah, or Yedediah, um, Jediah, which means beloved of God, or beloved of Yah, or he beloved. If you recall, um, David means beloved, so he named his son, so to speak, um, Jedediah after him, beloved of God, or beloved of him. Kun means establish or stand upright. And if you see, Yaqin means God establishes or he establishes. So if Solomon made these um, two pillars, one to represent himself and the other one to represent his father, David, it was another city called Tibas. 
that they also were on uh, David also received a lot of bronze from. So this other city, Tibop, um was uh or is basically was was located um well how does that relate to to David etymologically speaking it doesn't relate to it. neither does Jaquin relate to Solomon etymologically speaking yet it does relate to the establishment meaning um the first pillar or Jaquin being on the right established um the the entrance or the Bringing into the foundation and the in, coming into the actual temple. So the first thing that's at the temple porch. Walking into the temple, the first thing you see would be these two bronze pillars going in. But there is no root word in Tebas that could relate to Boaz as much as it is in Jaquin and Kun, as far as those two cities are concerned. That's how they relate as far as Solomon is concerned. But the word um, Tebath is derived from the name Teba, and that means a time or place of slaughtering. The reason that Solomon built the temple in place of his father David is because Yahweh told David he were, he wanted Solomon to build it because David's hand had shed too much blood. He had... Uh, you know, he had killed a lot of people being that he was a warrior, right? A warrior-type monk, you know. But he, when, you, when you look at it, you know, one of the first things that uh, David did in the biblical lore, in the biblical story, was uh, slay Goliath. He slayed the giant with a you know, slingshot, hit him in the third eye. You know what I'm saying? He slayed uh, the sleeping giant, so to speak. Probably you know, really woke him up. <laughs> Like, wow, I'm not as big as I thought I was inside <laughs> or something, I don't know. But uh, he slayed um, Goliath, and then after that he went on a, a tangent raid, so to speak. He went, he went stupid with it, but he was a you know a warrior king. So that's, he slaughtered, he did some slaughtering. So you look at the word tabah, where we get the word tabah from. Tabah means to slay, slaughter, or butcher. Tabah means uh, uh, a time or place of slaughtering. And if you look at David's life, he did a lot of slaughtering. So even though Boaz means strength and Tabah means to slaughter, you do have to be somewhat strong or have a military stronghold to uh, do anything in that matter of slaughtering. So you can see how Boaz somewhat relates to David as far as being strength and um, in his, as being a man of war, in his um, path of um, of much bloodshed and reason that he did not, well, uh, so-called God did not want him to build the temple. <clears throat> All right. So that's how they those two relate as far as Jaquin, that's uh 
he establishes in the city Khan or King, meaning established, and then, and also the other city that they received his bronze from to build to re- to erect those two um, those two pillars is Tabaf. Tabaf meaning to slay or slaughtering, and if you dealing with we you know in David and his uh, his lifestyle and his personality, he was a uh, a man of war, a warrior king, so to speak, and um, he went on a lot of, uh, he went on warfare, as well as spiritual warfare, you know, that was his main stronghold, was being very um, vigilant in his spiritual life, if, when you look at, you read, you know, the um, book of Psalms and different uh, things that took place, so but that's how that can relate to those pillars and David and Solomon. So how those Knights Templar and Isis relate to Yaquim and Boaz at all. It doesn't have any relation. Yeah, let's see. So we got Nice Templar. The Nice Templar original um location for the organization or their um where they had their first temple at was located on Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah is the location of the so called Temple of Solomon. That's where they um say the Temple of Solomon was located. It's where the because this is the area where Abraham was given the realm and it was told by the most high to go and sacrifice using the oak tree and it went to the oak trees, you know, Odom. Got the oak tree and the Yggdrasil. You know, uh, the Akaya tree that, uh, or Achaya, how you spell it, A C A I, I just spell it, A C A I tree that, uh, in the, um, in the, um, pyramid texts where Isis or Aset is seen weeping next to, um, after she finds that she can't locate, uh, her counterpart, Osor. And that's the tree. Okay, so that is uh, how that relates right there. But how does it relate to Solomon? How does that relate to Isis and um, and um, and, and the Templars again? Nice Templars. Hypothetically speaking, once again, what if? <laughs> There's a lot of what ifs. Um, the Knights Templars was never really disbanded. It was just renamed over the years. You know, and now the, in the present time, we have uh, what we call Al-Qaeda for a short period, and now ISIS. Al-Qaeda means the base, and they were Talibans. The Taliban means students of God, or students of Allah. And what is the name of uh, the oak tree? It's uh, Moray. Moray means what? Teacher or to teach. And go over here to Isis. 
right? Nice Templars. They transformed from Al-Qaeda to <laughs> the ISIS now. And this is all words. These are words and concepts and the delivery of the words and our perception of what this word is and what it, and our definition of what the actions of the word have accomplished. So in brainwashing, even if the symbol is meant to portray some type of activity of truth in our experience that's not as chaotic as the experience in the perception physically concerning as it's taking place, it will be that because it has been altered somehow to and reorganized in the format to where even if uh, 13 meant something good, Objectively, it means something outwardly. I mean, it means something negative because we have stamped it or we have put a definitive in our own perception collectively that um, Friday the 13th is an unlucky number. So what took place Friday the 13th is not good. It wasn't good. I mean, it's not good. Whatever happened, it happened, yeah. Ritualistically speaking, look what took place, though. Let's see. It was going to a little bit more uh, intriguing in a few moments, hopefully. Um, didn't go all the way through the meta magic on 13 and get back to that in a sec. So, all right, so if ISIS is, what if, you know, hypothetically, what if ISIS is the Nice Templars? Remember, the Nice Templars was like the templates, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, the template of uh, secret societies or, or, or Freemasonic groups. As they evolved, that was the the Knights Templar was the, is the template from the Middle Ages to the present day. They, uh, I think it's the Scottish Rite, even employed some of the rules and regulations. I think they had seventy two different type of rules within the the Knights Templar that um, was the infrastructure of their. It was like a constitution that they lived by. You know, certain things that they could like eat meat three times a week. Uh, they had to wear that helmet every day. They couldn't even eat or drink or take a shit or piss without that white helmet on. You know what I'm saying? That, that's the you know that's the Dagon right there. That's the uh, you know that's the Dagon, uh, Namos, uh, the Pope. You know, Osir. You know, the white helmet. But that they had to have that on at all times. Um, so we see. How that can connect from Yakim Boaz. So Yakim is represented for Solomon, so to speak. Yakim again means it's the and that's the right side, and uh, then the left side is Boaz. Another part of the story of uh, Ophucus is that when he noticed. Oh, well, Ophucus actually uh, was, or Alicephus, no, oh, yeah, Ophucus, Ophucus, I like Ophucus again, was actually, um, kid was slain by Zeus by a lightning bolt, if I'm not mistaken, and um, what took place is Athena got, the blood of um, the blood of Medusa 
and was able to bring Ophucus back to life. But the blood that was obtained was obtained from the right side. The blood on the right side was for healing, rejuvenation. The blood on the left side of Medusa was is poisonous and it was murderous. Okay? So utilized that right side, the right brain, and was able to use the spiritual attributes within to resurrect Osar, will resurrect, you know what I'm saying, um, Ophucus, or uh, another way of pronouncing that again is uh, Ophucus, so that's Ophucus, Ophucus, but I prefer Ophucus, yeah, Ophucus, that's kind of rough on me, but um, Ophucus Represents man in general in the in the constellation within the constellation is uh, represented by man, not meaning man or in, uh, in diversity or in composition with man with woman, but in general human. But it represents a being, in as far as constellation concerned, with a, a snake wrapped around it, holding the head in the right hand and the tail in the left. And it's uh, got the snake, and it's taming it pretty much. It's harnessed this energy and controlling it. And that snake, of course, is the cosmic energy. So that's the um, the pattern of our DNA. And that's X and Y. It's 13 again. But that snake is very prevalent within different mystery systems from the past and it goes on and on, you know. Whole one. So within different uh, pantheons there's always been some type of uh serpent deity that represented a high aspect as well as a lower aspect. Uh, you have a Apepius, Apep, that um, inside of a Kemetic is a deity of the underworld, you know, someone like uh, Shaitan within, or Nekash within Hebrew, Judaism, within the garden, on the tree. Again, you know, a tree represents the spine, or it represents life, the pole of life, you know, as it goes from spirit to matter again, then back to the spirit. So we're going, if you, we were talking about a scorpion, the snake, and the eagle a minute ago. So look at the scorpion. And we're going to where does the where does this um, astrological sign fall in as far as in the horoscope as far as astrology is concerned? Where does this sign fall in? It falls in between um, uh, November, well October and um, and December. 
well, forgive me, I mean uh, November and December. This this uh these dates fall right in between Scorpio and um Sagittarius Sagittarius. If you recall also within the storyline of um of Fucus, his friend was bitten by a Scorpio or a Salephius. Someone was bitten by a scorpion and the scorpion um, had fatally wounded his friend or whatnot and he saw the two snakes. That's when he saw the snakes, if I'm not mistaken, and he um, saw that the snake gave the other snake the herbs. And when he saw that, he was like, hey, well, look, let me get them herbs and get get my people right then. And it um it healed it healed the uh, the individual that was uh, bitten by the scorpion. That scorpion that also was, was mentioned in the book of death. I mean the um the book of thought as the card of death, thirteenth card is the energy behind Mars, but also Scorpio. Scorpion is the first um, first type of energy that it is physically, and then it, it transforms to a serpent, and then to the eagle. It transforms the eagle into the phoenix in some retrospects. But from the scorpion to the to the serpents, the serpents, not necessarily snakes, but the serpents, um, represents the two energies. That are going up the spine, up along the spine. Recall that it was two serpents. One serpent had been fatally wounded, and the other serpent went and got some healing herbs and fed it to the, the serpent, and it came back to life. Coronas, uh, Coronas, that's Apollo's um, um, consort, and she was impregnated by a mortal while Apollo was sleeping. By uh, the mortal impregnated her, and um, Apollo was up. He came rage, and he eventually shot Coronas with that arrow. And got a got the um, got the baby out the womb like I was saying earlier, and gave the baby to Siobhan, the centaur. Now the centaur, if I'm not mistaken, Sagittarius. I think I should look that up. But if I'm not mistaken, Sagittarius has uh, the, the sign or the glyph of uh, uh, the symbol of. Uh, a centaur, right? It's a half, half man, half uh, fish, or something. Half something. I should look it up. I, I you know, it's like, you know, I'm. Just, I know M is uh, uh, Scorpio with the little sting at the bottom. The M with the little arrow right there. So, 
yeah. Strike that if it ain't right. You know, you can uh, rebuttal that. Side note: the name of the the um actual Greek name for the snake is um, Pytho, or the the um, not snake but serpent is Pytho. That's the monster serpent uh, that. Was used used by um, by those Pythagoreans, so-called Pythagoreans or or um, Pythagoras, but Pytha or Pytho. Is the original name of Delphi. It comes from the word Python, or the Greek word Python to rot, basically means uh, shed the skin. The skin comes off and comes anew. Make sure I'm saying it right. The the other um part. So we are now we're not in that window yet. But if you notice, we only go by twelve twelve signs. We all know that the thirteenth sign is a hidden sign. It's a sign that um only a few know about, and it's always been there for thousands thousands of years. It's not like it's brand new, and like it just popped up, you know, for a while. Um, the ancients had a, a cal- the calendar system was based on lunar time, so it was a 28-day, um, four, four-week month with 13 months, equaling out to 364 days a year versus the solar calendar where it's uh, 30 to 31 days and um, the leap year. Well, you know, the the lunar calendar or the lunar year, lunar calendar based on 13 months would be almost right and exact to the T minus a day or minus a couple of hours. Each full moon would follow the next full moon within... The calculations of one day It wouldn't be three, four days or a week later Or you know how the full moons are now they, they're, they're not really remotely close to each other Like every 28 days is the full moon You know, it's like uh, You know, and that's another reason why Our women, our goddesses uh, Sometimes may have issues with their cycle You know, because it's not necessarily Always going to fall on that Day that it should It should be a arena around in that general area, but sometimes you know we we have been losing some uh, hours, so to speak. The, the scientists uh, and uh, astrologers, and whatnot, you know, in general, they, they attempt to fix things, uh, but it's not really working out like that. They got they're gonna have to go back to zero, right?
Oh, but uh, so we we dealing with we got right here at thirteenth on the thirteenth moon, thirteenth month, and in that thirteenth month, as in all seats or windows of astrology. There is um, an exchange of energy It also is uh, somewhat like a portal or opening or whatnot The original um, symbolism behind Pythos or uh, the deity was uh, the goddess energy The goddess energy of, of ancient Ancient noob, and um, within those different mystery systems, the goddess was um, depicted as a serpent energy, as in uh, like a Renedueit and Wajet. You know, these were some of the first major serpent deities within different um, schools of thought. This symbol of a snake in the sky symbolizes the meeting point between the ecliptic and the galaxy. And it's like a stargate or a vortex between Scorpio and Sagittarius, just where um, Serpens or the snake holder is uh, located. So this 13th sign is the secret sign, it's the hidden sign, it's the court, it's the um, esoteric sign that when one is attuned to it, it unlocks a certain uh, inner attribute within self. This window is from November 30th to December 17th. So the powers to be or the uh, the, the, the littles or whatever, uh, you know, they have gone out their way to organize against humanity a technological onslaught, or not onslaught, but yeah, an assault. Um it can be seen in different ways, yet on the, what took place over the weekend, as far as technology, technolo- uh, technolo- ah, technology is concerned, <laughs> uh, basically it's just the interaction of um, or the interchanging of information, the exchanging of information, how fast and abrupt information can be broadcasted. So, but... Say, for instance, this energy that's coming in to our planet is beneficial to the more, or, you know. So and when it's coming in and it's being blocked, or it's, it's something else like what took place on Friday the 13th took place. So, therefore, our mind state 
will be pretty much um, overly attentive on the physicality of what's being done or taking place in front of us or to us and overlooking the truth of the matter. See, in repetition, like I was saying earlier, repetition causes, uh, is very powerful in in uh, brainwashing. So the more often we see something, the more normal it becomes. So we see this uh, type of event a lot without really unlocking um, the parameters of truth that it may be encased in. Right, so say this is a stargate who was speaking on uh, CERN the other week. So they make a physical stargate, and what does CERN look like if not a 17 mile snake? You know what I'm saying? And it has uh, within it coiling energy because there's nothing in there but the all, you know, life in general going, you know, smashing. Smashing particles, and particles uh, tend to move in an undulating manner. So they built this uh, gross, um, bulky, mundane, physical representation of something that is uh, metaphysical, or something that is not so uh, so rigid and so centrally. Uh, achievable through the senses, basically that uh, is it, is is up to subjective. And now they brought it to the objective, and they've uh, learned to utilize this machine term, which is in France, you know, or the Franco-Swiss border, and they use this thing against man, as far as. Uh, but that we were speaking on that the other day. As far as Stargate is concerned, they build. They want to build a Stargate so just in case, just in case, that's what they say, uh, something happened on planet Earth, they have another means or another a contingency plan, so to speak, somewhere else where they could go hide out for a minute. Keep looking at the phone, make sure it's popping off, right? Um. So that so this gateway or this Stargate. Is right here in between um, Sagittarius, I mean Scorpio, and um, Sagittarius. That pathway or that gateway is identified by the snake in the sky with the man holding it. That's saying he who basically masters the lower self or the energy and brings it back up and harnesses that energy is one who can um, open the eye, so to speak. The eye within that, uh, within this star system, serpents or um, Ophucus is uh, the eagle's nubula. And that's located uh, it's, it's located near um, Serpent's Constellation. It's within it.
Yeah, so that energy is or that um potential of that energy is flowing more um uh, readily at that at that at this moment coming into it. But also if you notice the Jubilee was started uh this fifty year cycle thing began on uh, October um uh, well, September 28th into where we are now, and it's a, a yearly event that's going to be taking place all year round as far as the Jubilee is concerned. The seven-year um, Sabbath on the 13th of uh, September, and then we went to October 13th where... The physical aspect of uh, Odom Oak Tree, the middle Yiskarah, takes place, and then now we are in November seventeenth today, and uh, that took place on the thirteenth of uh, November. A month later So these three months uh, Of different activities In general That have uh, led to um, Some type of ritual That's pertaining to uh, Confounding man's mind Against man You know always keep man against man Always have man competing against man Therefore you will never see truth There is no winner no loser There is no competition There is only you And you know We are here together As one But you know as long as we looking at Everything as it is separate As we were speaking earlier The law of world views Then we will Not achieve um, unity Because we look at everything as it being um, Ununified or Chaotic so to speak And not knowing the chaos brings about unity And order We just have to locate it Okay, I'm make sure I'm getting everything in there a little bit, some of it anyway. So, um, like I said, this is my own way of looking at things. Sometimes I might go overboard. I don't want to go over anybody's head. but So we went from the day that this happened, 11, 13, 15, 20, Kim Sir, meaning to... Um, Tell the mysteries or to make known the mysteries Also mean black power Kim Sarah uh, Power or authority Sarah in Hebrew Kim or Kim means dark Black in um, Metuneta We also looked at how Jakim, Jakim relates, Jakim and Boaz relate to David and Solomon, and how Solomon relates can relate to the Nice Templars, and how Nice Templar could, um, in some degree, be 
ice could be uh, well, how ISIS could, in some degree, be reconciling or reconciling what took place in thirteen oh seven of October, Friday the thirteenth and thirteen oh seven, with the Knights Templars, and how they were arrested and eventually some of them burnt at the stake, including um, so-called Jacques de la Mole. So that could be like the retribution or the vendetta against the um, actual government of of France or the populace. At that time period, though, um, actually the Pope was not based in Rome. He was in France, so he didn't have that much authority in the... um, the King Philip, that's how King Philip um, was able to influence him to arrest the, the Templars by using, the, the king actually used, um, he threatened them a few times, told him he was going to send his military up against the, the Pope. So eventually he's like, well, yeah, okay, you can have them. Uh, <clears throat> so that, in, um, and that should, that's how that relates as far as Yaquim, Boaz, Solomon, and David. Solomon built um, built Solomon's temple or the temple to Yahweh at Mount Moriah and um, centuries later the Templars used uh, Mount Moriah as their as their uh, stomping ground, as, as their placeholder where they put their first um, temple at. Now, ISIS, I, I don't, like I said, this is all hypothetical and I, you know, I'm a scientist. We're all scientists, so we observe and we come up with hypotheses and, you know, and all that. It don't necessarily have to be the real deal, Holyfield, but, you know, so ISIS is, or whatnot, because ISIS is just like uh, nice Templars. They they are basically um, warrior monks, warrior knights, you know, they they have a certain type of ideology in concerning with uh, their religious faith or the spiritualism, and then they have this uh, this aggressive nature, this um, vendetta against um, those that do not think or, or conceive what they feel to be truth as truth. So going back to the snake energy, we have apex, or we have the uh, evil type of the snake, and then we have uh, higher self or the higher type of aspect of the of the serpent again my, my forget self saying snake but we call those individuated lower entities snakes you know we call like today we, somebody we, somebody to come around oh look at that, that ain't right or something that's it uh, you know the snake in the grass yeah watch out for that guy or that girl you know snake in my grass or whatever on oh, that nigga snake you know you know how you gonna say nigga and snake in the same sentence ain't that an oxymoron but Somewhat. So, because nigga or nigga is the higher representation, snake can be the lower representation. Those are the two different sides, left and right. 
the poison and the healing aspect. You know, I always have it a little bit different from this. Uh, There's always something going on, too. i got to watch out. I'm trying to tell you. More meditation. Make sure you we're putting the right elements in this vehicle, you know. The um, the soul knows, you know what I'm saying. The, we perceive things and we look at it in one way physically. But the soul already got the answers, the ancestors. You know what I'm saying, or within the soul, you know. So, if the ancestors fuel the soul, you know, the spirit fuels the soul. It animates the soul. It gives life to the physical, and animates the soul into the physical. So the spirit and the soul are basically one. It's just it emits memories within to the soul of different arenas. Sometimes they just slow down enough to where we can actually pick up that the information. So the more we meditate, the more we slow down, we can get that information. Now, like I said, I, I this is, uh, and I'm not really done. I, uh, yeah, I guess because I didn't get into the meta magic on 13. I'm gonna go to that real quick. Oh yeah, and this uh, comet's gonna be flying all over the place tonight and tomorrow. So if you uh, are in a good spot, like in uh, the northeast or the southwest, if I'm not mistaken, those two spots right there, you will be able to see what they call the Leonids, Leonids, because it seems to be coming from the area of uh, Leo. But the, they, that'll be tonight and tomorrow. You see how the energy is, see how, see what's going on. So do some, you know, if you want to look at it, just meditate and see it in your mind. That's where it comes from in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let me go back to uh, Meta Magic real quick. Meta Magic, we didn't get too far in it, but we was talking about the card of death, the 13th card of uh, the 78 card tarot deck. But the card of death really represents also the card of life. It's uh, the black planet, Saturn. It's the energy and the six-point star, the Mechaball. The Mechaball, again, we all know it's the counter-rotating vehicle of the spirit and the soul. You know? So that's up and down. It's two different sides, two different polarities. Also, that was the symbol of Dut or Tahuti or Jahuti, Hermes. And whatnot. So this symbol, six-pointed star. If we also recall, Hermes also had the symbol of the Kadosis or the two serpents going along the staff, which represented that um, mystical event when the two serpents were on the ground and one got the herbal pack and got the herb pack from from Bro Panic <laughs> and. Uh, Gave it to the other one, and he was revitalized and back to life, moving, moving it again, doing it again, undulating, you know what I'm saying, doing its, uh, doing its Galilee. Galilee again means to undulate. So Galilee, the Sea of Galilee is our intestines, or our lower, or um, our large and um, small intestines. 
So that's uh, the six-pointed star, both sides, male and female, polarities, and they as they come into one. And we also looking at the number 13, also relates to the Last Supper, of course, 12 planets. Uh, the Last Supper, you got 12 dinner guests, and then you have uh, the host, Jesus of, or not, Jesus of Christ. Uh, you got the 12 planets in the sun. You have the 12 cranial nerves in the pineal gland. So that's 13, 13, 13. 13 has always been a powerful number. It's the... Uh, uh, 13th is the letter M in the Hebraic alphabet, in the English alphabet, but it means uh, water. And water has always, as far as the African is concerned, has always implied creation and implied transformation and change. So with African people all over the planet, um, the number thirteenth is all. The number thirteen has always been very powerful and very uplifting and motivating. So Yahweh has lifted water through the water, you know. You know, it's always been uphill because it symbolizes life. Water symbolizes. Um, creation And uh, when we look at life We should see that creation can be as many fold as water is Like uh, Bruce Lee says says uh, You can be like water You know what I'm saying Always willing to adapt and change To be receptive In whatever vehicle or vessel that you may That we may um, be introduced into be willing to uh, adapt and, and perceive the reality of the truth within that. So 13, remember, is again the number for transformation and rebirth. Also, the symbol for transformation was this X. You recall X, you know, and you take that X apart, you have two lines. There's two opposite poles. Those are two pillars. That's the Kim. Boaz, those are the two serpents again, or whatnot, the two entities going up the spine. So we have within the X, or transformation, rebirth, which with X is the um, 24th letter of the alphabet, equaling six again. It's two polarities of, of, the, of one thing. So that, that X split apart, you have both sides right there, but you have nothing in the middle. When you put that nothing in the middle, you will have zero, basically. So you have 101 again. And that 101 goes right back to Shin, or or if the infinite cycle, and the Tishin, that's the divine infinite cycle. So our divine infinite cycle relates to 13... Somewhat, you know, it's a number, but as as uh, we stated earlier, um, numbers geometrize, well, nature geometrizes rather right? <laughs> into numbers. I got ten fingers on two hands on this one body, you know. But 
13 can be a very powerful uh, means of altering one's state of awareness. And it can uh, be an empowerment to oneself. If you recall, also the symbol for scorpion is an M. With the arrow right there, it's representing the, the scorpion, but it's an M, you know, so... M on one side, scorpion, the snake's in the middle, and the eagle on the other side of uh, Sagittarius. The snakes are the unseen aspect, you know, everybody afraid of snakes. They're putting the snakes in, kill uh, snake in the garden, you know, so that's another implication of fear that has been embedded into our subconscious psychology or into our sleep state. It keeps us asleep because of repetition. As long as everybody around me is telling me that ISIS is some type of uh, military faction that is a covert entity that's out here, you know, murdering everybody, then that's what I'm believing that's what it's going to be. You know, and these are some, I don't know, white kids, you know, Caucasian, whatever we're going to call them, you know, it's probably some brothers, all type, all them brothers, whatever. It's all type of people inside this thing. What are they doing, and what are they doing it for? You know, my your guess is good as mine. This is like I said, it's a speculation. But what if ISIS is Knights um, Templar of today, and it's actually employed by, of course, you know, the government or the elite, the Vatican, you know, the the Roman Catholic Empire. Or whatever, and you know, and there I hear the beheads of the Roman Catholic Empire. You know, not the not the true nobility or the you know the true bloodline, but these the bloodlines of uh, the powerful littles that are here to try to um, dictate us or, go, or to govern us. In a way and manner that it's not um, that it's not uh, in the in the in our own truth and the way we perceive things it's, it is not the way we want it to be. So just turn it off, basically. You know, like, like this is law of attention thing. You know, anytime you go out and look for something, you're gonna find it. So I. I wasn't intentionally going out to look for it, like paying attention to this type of information. But, you know, we, over time you, you, we study and we research certain things, and then one thing reminds me of that. that hey, that links up with this right here too, you know. You know, for instance, uh, Osar, Osar in the Water, and then you go back to that movie uh, X-Men, and Wolverine, Magneto gets a Wolverine, throws him over in the water. Osar is thrown in the water by Set. You know, and eventually it's pulled out of the water. But Osiris is thrown in the water by Set, the so-called um, antagonist of this, the story of of uh, Pertimuru. Pardon me, but and uh, I guess we're going to close it out right there. 
like I said earlier, forget yourself uh, about 40 minutes to an hour of uh, trying to get in on the line. I didn't want to just cancel. I was about to cancel and just give up, you know, and I was like, nah, I got to be a man of integrity. I got to be me, you know what I'm saying? You, you say you're going to do something, do it. It's just, you know, and I could have been lazy with it, but I just called it off and like, nah, it's night, we go to bed. <laughs> so early on the stretch, it was a hard day work out today anyway. But uh, get thanks. I say, I say, you know. You know, hooked up. And uh, do our cool. Get thanks to the ancestors. I say, goon, goon, I say. And um, just going to shut them down, shut them down real quick. Like, I know uh, next week I'll be back talking about a few things. Didn't really, like I said, you know, we, we talked about it. We just had to go here and there and there and there and everywhere, but it'll all be in the book. I got, it'll be on. It'll be in the memo I send out. <laughs> I said it's in the memo. But uh, actually, I am putting together a little something-something. Surprise! You know it's kind of thick right now. Got to do a little editing, but I'm I'm trying to. I am putting together a little piece of uh, of a book. I've been putting it together for a few years, but uh, this has gave me this has given me a little bit more opportunity to really sit down and become more attuned to that. I well. I'm going to leave out now. We've got about like two minutes left right there. So, uh, hope everyone's week, the remainder of the week is is nice and um, it is what it is, you know. Just be you. You know, don't let the world view change you. Be you. Be God. Be goddess. Love is love. Love is all. All is love. Peace, prosperity, and protection. Good health. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.